0: Hello there and welcome to episode 38 of At Home With Brefni. If you're thinking about property, you're in the right place. As I've mentioned last week, each episode from now on is going to focus on one of four types of property related topics. Buying property, making money from property, creating beautiful interiors and the general business of being an estate agent. So this week, our topic is buying property, and I'd like to talk to you about 10 reasons why we've said no to particular properties during the week. So I guess when we're buying property, we're obviously saying yes to the ones we're buying, but we're also saying no to certain properties. So I just wanted to share with you in this particular week why myself and my clients have said no to 10 different properties. So. It's not always the same client, but the kinds of issues that I'm talking about are are ones that I would probably say no to for every client. So here we go. The first one is we were looking for a nice three bed house uh, in a certain price point, and this particular house met all of the requirements, the right number of bedrooms and bathrooms, a fine orientation. But the reason why we said no to it is that it's too far back in the estate. So let's say for argument's sake, the estate is called Hazelview Woods. And usually when you get an estate like Hazelview, you get Hazelview Woods, Hazelview Downs, Hazelview Lawns, Hazelview this, that and the other. Now, this particular house was just too far back. And if you were to walk out your door in the morning to get the paper or a coffee. You'd have to walk for maybe 10 minutes to 15 minutes to physically get out of the estate. And in this particular estate, you actually could have gone out a little lane instead of walking all the roads out of the estate. But the lanes were fine if you're walking out in the morning, but not so fine if you're walking out at night. It was a bit of a tricky lane. It went through a bit of a football club and a bit of a this and a bit of a that it wasn't a simple short lane that felt safe so the reason we said no to this particular house was that it was too far back in the estate and in general if i'm buying in an estate for a client or looking in an estate i would always favor the houses that are towards the front of the estate maybe not bang at the front not maybe not the very first two houses in but certainly towards the front so you don't feel stifled in the estate and you don't have to actually do too much work to get out of the estate every day. So that's number one. Number two was another property that ticked all of the boxes. But what was a no to this particular property when we went to look at it was that the back garden basically just fell away from the house. The front driveway was on a level, the house itself had the right number of bathrooms and bedrooms and was in fine condition at the right price point but when you walked out the back door of the house you walked onto a deck you know which was enough to put a table and chairs on but then the rest of the garden just basically fell right away from the house and that in itself isn't really a huge problem but you definitely would want to do something with that garden you would want to address the levels in some just to shape it up, you'd need to put it into proper levels. And basically, this is an expense that is a really unnecessary expense. Buying a house is an expensive business and you don't really feel like you want to be doing site works to the house. So in my view, if you're just buying a normal house for your normal purposes, ideally, The levels are right. You're buying a house that doesn't have a huge slope up to it or a huge slope down from it. It is on a level. So if you're buying a house, I would definitely say don't discount the attractiveness of the house actually being on a level site, because either just from a cosmetic point of view, if you buy it, you'll want to terrace it if it's your back garden. And from a purely practical point of view, often If you've got a driveway sloping down into the house or a back garden falling down from the house or into the house, you're going to have some level of some type of drainage issue. So from that point of view, I would just say if you can choose a house with a level site. Then a third reason we said no to a house, it was again in a very nice part of the world, one we like and a type of house I love. I love those 1950s former council houses because I love the fact that they are well built and they have good gardens for the most part. And very often there's a really nice sense of community in them, too. You get trees planted along the road and they're built in a critical mass. So you've got a lot of them at any one time and you tend to have really nice communities. Um. Uh, So in this particular case, everything was right about the house, but it was in a type of a keyhole part of a road. So let's just take, for argument's sake, Crumlin. It wasn't Crumlin. But if you take these 1950s houses where you have big, long roads of houses with front and back gardens, they very often, the builders built little keyholes off the roads, just a little cul-de-sac of houses. So I don't love cul-de-sacs. But in this case, this house cul-de-sac was quite attractive. It was quite a wide cul-de-sac. It didn't feel too stuffed to get in and out of. But what I didn't like about the house was that it was right at the end of the cul-de-sac on the left, which meant that the house that we were interested in basically was sharing a front drive with the house that was right at the end. So let's say the house was right at the end was at 12 o'clock. The house we were interested in was at 11 o'clock. But they had to share a front drive because the space was so tight. They both would have had quite generous back gardens, probably in a pizza slice shape, but at the front they were kind of at the center of the pizza slice. And then their back gardens would have been wide. But at the front, everything narrowed to such an extent that they had to share a front drive. And I don't like that in a if you're buying a house, it's tricky enough living with your neighbours and getting on well with your neighbours but to actually have to physically share a front drive and every day to be dealing with them on that intimate sort of level, reversing in your turn, no, my turn, et cetera, et cetera. You don't want that. That is something that if you can avoid and you can avoid it in these types of estates, because there's usually loads of houses for sale there at any one time, just do avoid it. It makes life, it's a complication you don't need. So the fourth reason we said no to a house, this was a a different price bracket, it was a chunky price bracket. And we were looking at a period terrace of houses in Dunleary. and the one that was on the market, which was of kind of interest to us, was a modern house. And in the end, we said no, because the whole reason we liked that terrace was because it was a period terrace and the house we were looking at was at the end of it. And I thought, right, why do we, you know, the whole point of this is the period features, the historical connection. And by buying a modern house kind of tacked on to the end of the terrace means we'll always be the odd one out. And in general, buying a house, you don't really want to be the odd one out. If you're buying in an area where it's all period features, period properties, historical everythings, you probably don't want to be the modern one. Just keep it simple. The reason why people are buying here largely is because of the period features. In my view, I would just steer clear from being the odd one out in any situation. In general, people don't like to be the odd one out in a group and the same applies to houses. So I know this sounds a little bit negative this podcast, but there is a positive learning to be made from every reason we've walked away from a house. It means, okay, we're walking away from this house, but we're walking towards a different type of a house. So the fifth house we said no to was... We actually had been sale agreed on this. We were going down the track with this and liking everything about it. But on the survey, when doing the survey, we realised there's a problem, quite a significant problem with the fall of the drains for this house. So that was a no. It wasn't something we could pick up just by visiting the house, but by doing our due diligence, we realized actually there's a serious problem with the drains that would need quite a bit of remedial work to solve. So that's a no. Now, the sixth one was we had the right house and the right location and the right price point. And in my view, if you've got the right house, the right location and the right orientation and the right type of size of a house, in my view, It would take a lot to make me walk away from a house like that, because generally I feel like if you've got the right location, the right orientation, the right price point, there's pretty well nothing else. I mean, everything else can be solved with money. But the problem here was that the vendor had spent quite a lot of money on this house, but they'd spent it doing things that we didn't like. Now, that's sounds so fussy, but they had done things that really, really, actually positively took away from the value of their house, which was such it's such a disappointing outcome for everyone because we really liked everything about the location and orientation of this house. But the vendor had knocked down walls, creating an entire open space downstairs, which really wasn't helpful. It meant everything was open space. You walked straight into the only room that was downstairs. He had taken out the hallway. He had knocked out everything under the stairs, hadn't put in a loo, had built on it quite a chunky extension to the back and it all flowed into one. So that that was a lot of money being spent doing the wrong things. He'd also taken out some bedrooms upstairs and put in. I say he could have been a she and put in bathrooms. So we now have really far too big a house downstairs for far too reduced a number of bedrooms upstairs. So this was a case where we've said no to the house because the vendor had spent money in the wrong ways, and in my view, the wrong ways are where you've added a lot of living space, but haven't really put in the services to go with it, e.g. extra downstairs loo's and another downstairs sitting room. I don't think you want space at all costs. Sometimes you want maybe compartmentalised space more than open space or at least perhaps a good balance of both. So that was a no to that one. Another reason we're on to number seven now in my grumpy list of why we're saying no to houses. But number seven was a really nice house, a very nice location, but it was right beside a river. The back garden of it was basically a deck kind of cantilevered, if that's the right word, over a river. Now, everything about the house was right. But the reason I'm saying no to that for the client is and they're agreeing with me is that When we want to sell this house, it's not going to appeal to everyone. It's basically a family house, but with quite a dangerous element. As in, if you're moving into your house with your young kids, the chances are life is fraught enough without adding the extra element of sharp falls and rivers to your daily life. So in general, if you're buying a family house, you basically want the site of the family house to be a safe site. And in this case, the river and the fall to the river and the drop from the deck, there were just too many extra risks to add into a daily life that you didn't need. Although the location was excellent, everything else was excellent. It was just one or two or three risks too many to add into a day to day life. And it, in my view, it would also keeping an eye on the future resale of the house. It definitely was going to appeal to a narrower market. And ideally, when you buy, you're also thinking of your exit strategy and you want the house you buy to appeal to as many people as possible on the day that you choose to sell it. So number eight in our list of ten why we didn't choose to buy. The house was a very good house, close to a Lewis, very nicely presented, nicely kept, everything good. But the reason we said no to this house was because the garden of the house backed onto a canal and a, a lovely, pretty path and a parkway. And you think, well, isn't that a nice thing? Yes, in theory, it is a nice thing to have a park and a canal close by. But the actual gut instinct when you were in the house was that you'd walked in the front door. Fine, you shut that behind you and you're at home. But somehow you felt you really hadn't closed off the world because your back garden was fully open, basically, to the public space behind it. And really, the client just didn't feel and nor did I feel comfortable That really when you'd shut your front door and come home, you weren't really snuggling into your house. Ideally, we're like animals. We want to just shove our bums and backsides right up against something and secure ourselves in our house. And I feel like this house was not securely settled in its site. It's openness to the park at the back made it unattractive. It had a park, a walkway and a canal and it just felt too. and a Lewis track. Just felt like there was too much happening at the back of the house and not relaxing and and not secure feeling. So it was a no to that. So we've only two more no's to go before we get on to two yeses of the week. So our ninth no was a three-bedroomed house, but the third bedroom was just too small, just too small. Now, again, the client felt, well, sure, we could maybe we could squeeze in this or squeeze in that. And yes, maybe you could. But on the day, it really didn't function properly as a third bedroom. And really, it was a two-bedroomed house and probably when it was designed, it was designed maybe as a study or somewhere to put a desk or maybe a drawing room, but the third bedroom just didn't hack it. You really couldn't have put a single bed in there and also fitted in the door. It was going to be something like a raised bed, custom made. So that was just a no to that too small a third bedroom. And particularly because the clients buying it wanted to rent out the third bedroom, so it just wasn't going to happen there. So the tenth reason we've said no was this is for a client who's buying. The budget was chunky. The area was extremely nice and attractive. The houses were kind of a million euro houses. And the reason it's a no to this one is because although it had many things going for it, it didn't have off street parking to the front. And given that it was a big family house, I think off street parking, if you've got a big family house, is essential. It's a different thing if you're buying a terraced red brick somewhere in the likes of, say, Donnybrook or Ballsbridge or wherever. And you just don't expect to get off street parking or Drumcondra or fibs for a stony batter because off street parking just doesn't happen. It's a terraced world. You're buying a terraced house and you don't expect off street parking. That's fine. But in this case, it's a big chunky four bedroomed house with a fine big back garden. So in my view, the two things just didn't work together. You've a big family house, but with no off street parking. So what I think is that you're buying this house, you've got maybe a baby who's asleep in the car and you'd like to be able to just back the car in and unload your groceries while the baby's asleep. You can't do any of that if you have street parking. So I feel like if you're buying a family house, you need like and by family house, I mean a three or four or five bedroom house, you absolutely need to have parking, off street parking, because that all makes sense as a package. Obviously, if you're buying a terraced house in a busy spot, then of course, off street parking isn't uh, going to be something that's a priority. But I feel like you need to consider what's the overall proposition here. If it's a big house for a family, you need off street parking. So that's the end of my ten reasons why we didn't buy houses this week. But I want to just share two deals we did do this week one was a really great house detached house out by the sea in south side of dublin and everything about it was right it's detached it has off street parking it has a lovely southwest orientation it's not overlooked it has all its period features it's a short walk to the sea a short walk to a village a really pretty um road that doesn't, it's not a through road, although it's not a cul-de-sac, it's not necessarily a road you'd be driving on to get from A to B. So that was a deal we did where Sale agreed on it as of Monday and everything about it was great. The other deal we're doing this week is a city centre apartment. And again, everything about this apartment, in my view, is excellent. The Rooms are square in shape. You don't have these wonky long rooms or triangular shaped rooms. They're beautifully square in shape. You've got two gorgeous sash windows right overlooking the river. You have a sitting room to the front, a bedroom to the back and you have a bath with a full length bath and you have parking space and you're right in the city centre. So everything about this property was a buy in my view, and it is a buy and we're doing the deal on it. So there are two deals that that we have done this week. So I hope that all my negative ten points have in some way translated into a plus. So I'm just going to whiz through them again to, to make a plus out of all the negatives. So the first one is buy a house at the front of an estate. If you're buying in an estate, my advice is buy it towards the front, not deep in the back. The second one is, if you're buying a house, buy it on a level site. Make sure the ground is level to the front and to the back. Third one is, don't buy in a cul-de-sac if you have to share a garden with a neighbour. So if you're buying a house, make sure you have your own entrance to that house. Don't share a front entrance with your neighbour if you can't. If you're buying in a period zone, buy a period house. Don't be the odd man out with your house. The fifth one is, well, drains, I guess. There's not much you can do about that. I guess the learning here is always do a survey on a house. The sixth is pay attention to where the vendor has spent the money. Don't pay for work that isn't the work you'd have done yourself. Don't pay to undo good work, as in, They've spent good money. Now you're going to have to spend your good money on doing that good money spend. OK, that's a very long winded way of saying if the client has already spent money, but it's not to your taste, maybe it's just not the right house for you. Number seven is if it's a family house, try not to have scary things about it. E.g. drops and rivers aren't good. If it's a family house, eliminate risk. Number eight is when you're buying your house, you want to be able to close your door without feeling your back door is completely exposed. So ideally, try to buy a house where your back garden is snug against the back garden of another house or maybe a very small little lane that feels secure. Not open right out onto Lewis tracks and cycleways and parks. So I feel like when you're buying a house, you want to feel like your back house is snugly up against something that feels a little secure. The ninth is a third bedroom. Is it actually a third bedroom? Don't buy a three bedroom house that really is only a two bedroom house. The final thing is if you're buying, spending big money on a big house, you want off street parking. So that's it. I hope that's been useful to you. Thank you so much for listening and with a bit of luck on Easter Monday, we'll be getting into interiors. So have a great day. Did you enjoy this podcast? If so, we'd love you to subscribe to it and tell your friends, family and colleagues. In the meanwhile, If you think you'd benefit from some professional help with your next property transaction, then head over to brefniokelly.ie to see which of our three property services might be best for you. Thanks for listening.